afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of We're Gonna Need a Bigger Show. This will probably be our first episode of the year, uh, which I'm really excited about because it includes uh, one of my favorite people in the world. I am here today with the organizer, uh, Grand High Poobah of the Chattanooga Film Festival, Chris Dorch. Chris, thank you so much for joining me, man. That is so much better than the actual job title that it has on my, on my business cards that I may actually go with it. And it may not be too late for me to make that change this year. So thank you. I'm glad that I we talked. I hope I get a card. And yeah, it no, says that. it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You get the first. Man, I have been wanting to do this for a while. I mean, we've been trying to make it. We a, have, yeah, yeah. And it just, you know, we haven't been able to get it together. But this is the perfect time because we're coming up on the fifth year it was terrifyingly staring down the right. barrel of year five yeah know? and it's kind of, i mean that's an anniversary year right like i, mean, I think for, so for something like yeah this, yeah I mean, that's, this is a big deal how do you feel right now god about the same as i do every year which is like a mix between like a christmas morning and pants shitting tear can i can i curse oh, okay cool yeah. cool yeah so yeah it's it's like the mick and you know every time my email chimes I'm expecting it to be one of maybe the last few movies we're trying to lock down. Right. And instead, it's like a fucking Papa John's newsletter I didn't know I signed up for. So it's like, you know, if there's a lot of like pre nightclub jitter kind of tingles, yeah. but we have the coolest team that we've ever had putting this festival together. And it's one of those things where when you build an army that are working toward that kind of cause for you and you sit back and you watch them work, there's a little bit of this like Santa in the workshop right. feeling of like, yeah. look at my helpers. They're doing it so well you know kind of a thing so I'm just I'm as scared as I am always scared before it happens I'm so proud of them and what they're doing absolutely I love our films this year I love the people that are coming this year yeah so yeah and we'll get to talk yeah, a little bit sure. more about that yeah that'd be great uh yeah I kind of want to go back a little ways though I mean I t you've been a film fan all your life right I mean yeah, this there's is like never been a plan b for me right yeah, yeah yeah so did so when did it become I mean did it start as hey I've I want to make films it started, funny enough, do you, and I'm sure you're a guy that's going to remember these books. Do you remember those little orange monster picture books oh, with Frankenstein yeah. um, and Dracula? Oh and uh, they were, they were, I can't it, remember the actual name yeah, of the series. Oak or, or yeah, Ivy that, or something. That's yeah, it. Oak, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So they're these British books yes. and the little library in the town I grew up in had them. <laughs> and I would look at these Where did books. you grow up? I grew up in Tennessee, but it was okay. a little town called Gray, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Which was outside of like Johnson City. Yeah, I know and exactly. That, that area. Yeah. And so... You know, the, even the town library was in like a literal like trailer. Sure. But it had all these books about monsters and horror movies that were stuck in the kids section. Right. And I used to just shit scare myself looking at the pictures of these, but couldn't like was completely fascinated with them. And what I wanted to do first was be the kind of person that could scare someone like that. So sure. I really first became interested in special effects. Right. That's what I wanted to do. And then when I realized eventually that the director was the guy who got to yell more blood, <laughs> that was the path. And I, you know, the whole way along, I was taking a job at every video store that yeah. that would hire me. I worked at every media play, every you know Suncoast, sure. and and racked up a bunch of jobs like that, and started collecting and and got involved in that world, and and really went to film school, made a shitty movie, dropped out of film where school. Did, so all where that did stuff. you go to film school? I went to Watkins, which Nashville. Is, okay, yeah, so, which yeah. was funny. Like when I went to Watkins, you could still see where the building used to say Mattress Factory Showroom <laughs> if the light hit it right. Sure, I am right. not exaggerating no, I, this. But it was across the street from like Hollywood 27. Yeah. So I would like have a miserable time, get made fun of by all my like fellow pretentious film students, but then get to like walk across the street and go watch like Blair Witch 2 or right, some yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was my college, my film school experience. <laughs> sure. So 
it was really just wishing I had more people that were kind of kind-hearted and warm to collaborate with. And, and it seems like something, I mean, I, I don't mind saying this because I've, I've said it a lot of times on the show, but I think the the film industry in Nashville is more interested in image uh, than they are about... Uh, heart and content. I really agree with that. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's and it's a shame because I mean there's some really talented cats out there, and it just uh, the, and there's Belcourt. I really believe I mean, that the Toby Bellcourt Leonard is, and Jason yeah. Sean and that whole team over there are amazing. They're doing an incredible yeah. job, but it's just it's oh, it's just not enough, you know. Yeah, it's a big city. Yeah, for, for yeah. that to be, and they keep yeah. saying, "Oh, you know, we're growing as a film town," and it just is like, are are you really? Yeah. Um. So so okay. So you go to film school. What is it? there in Nashville that like what when like what do you start to do you start to develop the threads of like uh, you know I kind of want to or what I guess when does filmmaking start to go away and it, and like curating begin to be a it, thing? it happened at documentary channel which is so I, okay. I I literally I had made this bizarre fucking short film with a guy named Jason Rutherford about a lady named Vaughn Derry and Vaughn was a self-professed psychic a poet a painter sure. had a hair salon in Franklin Tennessee with a brother <laughs> that believed she was possessed by the devil and we believed that following this woman around for an entire summer was going to just generate you know cinema verite gold <laughs> right. that we were the next fucking Maisel's brothers or something but what we did do was shoot an enormous amount of footage some of which was very fun and we put together what amounted to about a two and a half minute teaser trailer I used that shitty little trailer to get a job uh, at first as an intern at what was a startup at the time called the Documentary Channel. Sure. And before I knew it, somehow that channel had not only gotten itself on the air, it was like all fucking over the place. Wow. It was like we'd gone from being not anywhere to being a 24-7 network that needed the content. Yeah. And so as a result, we were a channel that took unsolicited submissions, which, sure. as you can imagine, is a bit of a Pandora's <laughs> box statement right. because that opens the floodgates. But I was the guy that would sit through, well, holy shit, we got a box of 60 hours of tapes from a fucking, you know, <laughs> right. a public access network. Like, yeah, I want to watch me those. Up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I became a curator kind of there, finding really kind of unique, quirky stuff, running our website and blog, um, and really got the taste for programming there, but I was bummed out because I would be working with cool companies like Magnolia sure. and seeing all these incredible genre titles they were putting out and horror and genre have always been where my heart is. So I was kind of bummed out at that and yeah. eventually led me to taking a job at the Belcourt just so I could wow, be okay. around more film and more film programming. And from there, that whole place is like a family and yeah, Zach sure. Hall and Toby and all those guys It just getting to work with them. We, we even had a series where we, each staff member got to choose a midnight film and sure. me and Zach chose Repo Man. And yes. so even though I had been in the situation where I was, you know, putting movies on front of in front of audiences on TV and occasionally getting viewer mail that someone had liked whatever weird shit that I had put before them, at Belcourt I got to watch an audience get melted by a print of Repo Man. Right. And from that moment on, it was like, what the fuck can I do? <laughs> I, I, I started doing movie nights in my house where I would just, you know, conjure up every poor soul that I could and just be like, all right, here's Riccio or here's right. Liquid Sky or here's something that you can't, Dark Backward or something that you wouldn't find. And eventually the documentary channel kind of started to go away and I was in a truly shitty relationship sure. with someone who was a little more driven by me taking a job where there was more money <laughs> and there was a job here doing industrial filmmaking, right? Wow, so I took yeah. this job immediately out of that fucking world that I was at least getting to interact with some filmmakers and film fans 
in getting to make like all state insurance sexual harassment training <laughs> seminar. And then not long after that, this relationship, like I found out the person was cheating on me. Oh, I had no uh, friends, even though I'd moved back to this town that I had grown up in and I right. really had to like rebuild my life. Sure. And I started doing what I fucking always have done, which is movie nights. I yeah. started this dumbass thing called Mizan Scenesters just because I, even if it was a stupid fucking name, I knew it would be ungoogleable. Right. You know, like no other idiot's going to call themselves this, so it would float to the top. So that was my first introduction to, mm. to you and, and like what was going on here. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm in probably still in West Tennessee at this point when that's starting to happen. And then I, like, I got to, to Middle Tennessee and it was just like, they're. There's something. There's something happening. In <laughs> Pop up like, movie theater. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just it was wild because you hear about it in Texas and you hear about it in LA. I, I, and New we York. were amazed that people would write us and ask for posters or because we yes, always do that yeah. and like that's how we met Cavino. Cavino uh, wrote us and told us he loved the poster uh, as much as he'd love the Mondo poster, and we couldn't fucking believe that, <laughs> you know. And so we mailed Mark some posters, sure. and the friendship began. And and uh, I mean, a lot of uh, uh, Adrian Bogliano made "Here Comes the Devil" same yeah, way. It's yeah. like you know, uh, you just it was such a small, cool community that it's it's impossible not to make friends. Absolutely, yeah, and it makes the world feel a little a little smaller. Sure, too, you know. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think, and as we, I mean, as we continue, I think that that's a common thread is that these friendships and everything, and as you start to meet people and realize, I mean, everything that you've just told me, like some of the stuff you told me, like, or you told me now that we didn't talk about previously. Sure. We have like, and and so many of us have like such a similar background and yeah. it's just like, oh, these are my people. Like, this is exactly, you know, who I need to be around. So when does that start to be like, okay. Now we we start to think about mounting a film festival. You know, what honestly led to it is uh, we had done all these pop-up screenings and a guy in town, I shouldn't even give this guy credit for this, but <laughs> there was a local bar that no longer exists where a dude was doing horror double features. Sure. And this guy was like pairing up like Gorgor Girls and The Exorcist. And I just remember being like, who's showing The Exorcist to a fucking rowdy bar crowd right. after an H.G. Lewis film? Right. You know, like kind of take umbrage with that. And I was like, fuck, man, it pisses me off that this guy, and he'd called it like Saturday Slashers. And to be very honest with you, I was jealous to the marrow of my bones, right. but I was also pissed that they weren't paying for these films. Yeah, like, sure. I, I really, to me, I'm not a, a big, you know, no offense to anybody that is, but I'm such a fan of physical media. And yeah being a fan of things and supporting things that, you know, and we would, were doing little films with mise-en-scenesters like the Jay Retard documentary yeah, and these yeah, things yeah. where these people were self-distributing or every dollar counted. So I, I knew a ton of stories, even like Turbo Kid, our, our buddies at Turbo Absolutely. Kid that are coming for opening night. That movie got fucking downloaded so many times. If they yeah. had seen even a dollar from all those people, they'd be sitting pretty right now. Absolutely. And that's not cool to me. Right. So it bummed me out that somebody was doing something and tr not really celebrating something, kind of like profiting off of something that I loved. And I right. was like fuck this, somebody can do this right. And sure. so that led to the creation of the first Frightening Ass Film Festival, which began as a series of double features that ran through the month of October. And it was stuff like, you know, The Loved Ones and a Mare. Right. Well, no, excuse me, A Mare and Dogtooth was one. The Loved Ones and The Signal. Like, things oh, like wow. that. And we had companies like Magnolia work with us and... 
the, that was so much fucking fun yeah. that the next year we had an opportunity to do a whole day and I was like, all right, we'll just fill a day. And then, you know, suddenly I was choosing six or eight or 10 and films. And the ball starts to roll. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, well, hell, what if we just did this? And then <laughs> at that point I got invited in because no one in Chattanooga could ignore the fact that we actually had an audience at this point. Right. And even though there was this thing called the Chattanooga Film Society, there was this very stuffy, There's like, yes, one day up. we'll yeah. bring a destination film festival for all the tourism. <laughs> You know, kind of a thing. And they somehow invited me, I think I was a shame pick, like onto their board. And sure. they were like, all right, well, we're 10 years away from Chattanooga having a, an, a, a film festival. And I'm like, no, we're not. I just did this horror film festival in a fucking garage. Right. We can try to go out and get money and do this legit. And they said, no, you can't. And I said, fuck you. Yes, yes I, can. I can. And then two years later, we did the first one. Wow. And it wasn't huge, but we had about 3,500, 5,000 or so folks turn up. And but it's even it's, that's it's it's funny that you say it's yeah. not huge, which I understand that. But the programming already was just like that. I I wasn't at that festival, but it's like yeah, it's one of those things that I know you know I know the programming, and it's just like because yeah. that was cheap thrills. Oh yeah, and, you no, know, and and, uh, and, and I mean you know, Pat with it. You yeah, know, and so, I mean uh, that's it's a right out the gate. I mean it's you 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 knew your audience. We just knew I, there's also a lot of, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna badmouth anybody that's holding a film festival anywhere because I think it's sure. amazing. But there are a lot of regional festivals that are based submissions only. Right. And I I worked at Nashville. I'd seen festivals that don't seem to everything is a prestige drama. Right. No one gives a shit about the curation of it. And I did not want us to be that. I didn't want us to be afraid of genre or pulling any punches on anything that might be strange or anything else. And it just out of the gate, we weren't just going to be able to take submissions. We could sure. take some, and we always will, because the local filmmaker and that aspect of it is strong and important to me too. But fuck, it had to, you know, it had to stand with the stuff that I admired Absolutely. for me to feel good about it. And that that that's just my own, you know, bullshit well, standard in there. But you know? I, well, um, I, I think yeah. I think it is. But what you're saying, you know, what what you you what stood, you know, for the things that you liked is similar to what so many real true blue film lovers like and you know genre fanatics like i mean you were you were curating for a whether you knew it or not at the time a really you know killer group of people i i think so too i've had a bunch of people tell me oh yeah your festival's great it, uh, it would actually work if you transplanted it into a bigger city you know like so i'm like oh fuck you cool right. uh, but uh you know i i hate hearing that i i, I felt like even though it was Chattanooga where we were trying to find our feet and find a film community that we had to program like we were, you know, I, I'm not going to say South by or Tribeca, but sure. you know, I, I loved what fantastic fest was doing. I knew those programmers. I could see how much love and curation was going on. And that was the, the model. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's incredible. So, I mean, I've got to imagine that that first year was a whirlwind for you, it right? It was fucking terrifying. <laughs> it was so insane. What yeah. were, I mean, what were some of like your their biggest challenges and big, biggest successes out of that first year? And what did you take into the second year? Oh, well, I'll tell you, a hilarious challenge is, you know, we announced Kristen Bell as a guest. And Kristen Bell is, of course, in my world the hero of heroes, right. everyone would say, oh my God, Kristen Bell from Fantastic Fest is here. <laughs> what all of Chattanooga actually said was uh, uh, Veronica Mars oh, yeah, is coming. Sure, and uh, sure. it created yeah. this huge to-do. And uh, that the, the Kristen Bell incident uh, was, was funny because the next year when we announced Elijah Wood, people were like, bullshit. <laughs> it's just a guy named Elijah Wood. Right. Uh, and then, you know, we learned, of course, 
what it was like trying to work with a big giant chain, even in Karma. It was, it was, there were so many caveats, so sure. many gotchas, but we had an amazing event planner, a lady named Victoria Love, that really took the festival under her wing and just helped the logistic end run like it had been a machine for years. And that made us confident enough and feel like, all right, I've, I'm doing okay on the programming. The response was good enough. Let's just try to get a little bigger every year sure. until we feel like the formula is right. This fifth year, I feel like, is us actually – this is the first year where it feels like the weird thing I see in my head gets to be out on sure. – you know, in the world. Um, so the first, the first year of the festival was our first year as a podcast, and we we contacted the festival very late in the game and got several polite polite replies, which doesn't happen elsewhere. So immediately it was like, you know, I think you responded, and then uh, Rebecca responded, and she was like, "Hey, have your request in by November." So it was immediately a thing of like we put it in our calendar, and we were ready for the second year. And as soon as we contacted her, it was like, and, and this has been our experience with the festival since, you know, that second year, we have felt like wanted. Good. If that makes sense. No, that does make sense. Um, like that's so much, a, it sounds ridiculous to say. It's not like we're, you know, sitting like, you know, Ikea style with like <laughs> motivational eagle posters saying like, this is our ethos. But it really is like, we really wanted to just feel warm and included. And my experience in, in working in this industry has been everybody I work with now started as like an assistant. And, yeah. you know, I've been being polite and kind to people for 10 years now right. who are now the ones who are able to do me favors. <laughs> Right. And so it's like, if you don't realize that you have to be humble and not a fuck face sure. to, to do anything. And to me, there needed to be more festivals that had the environment of that. Right. You know, like it's not about the fucking movie business. It's about the movies. Exactly. You know, and, and you approach it that way. And then maybe the other shit comes along. Like, you know, fuck year four, we somehow have Spectre Vision do a keynote, but we did that not by being like, Oh, look at our Eddie Bauer swag lounge, which right. is a thing that happened at Sundance sure, this year. Sure. So I, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I, I something about all of the shit has made me feel like we're on the right track. It's where you know? you're putting emphasis, right? And I think that that is what sets you apart from a lot of festivals. Um, so, yeah, I mean, how do you, from from my vantage point, um, just as you know, a fan and as a, you know somebody who's been attending, the growth has kind of been exponential. Um, from year to year, and that that is in terms of programming and guests, and um, not even necessarily facilities, but just everything that you're putting in the festival. I never feel like there is a wasted moment. Good. Yeah, um, I'm really glad to hear that's a relief. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're my demographic. So I'm just I'm using oh, this is you. A focus yeah, I'm using you like a canary in a coal mine right now. You don't understand, man. So it's good. So what um, in in that respect? I mean, what is that balance like? I mean, how do you you know? I mean. It's got, I would imagine, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, when it ends, you've got to start work for next year almost immediately, right? The, the, not immediately, although we always tell ourselves, like, next week we're going to start fundraising, right. uh, and then something happens. Uh, the, the one thing that happens is sort of immediately after CFF, the submissions for Frightening Ass are rolling. Okay, yeah. And so I get to sort of chase away the post-festival depression with that sure. a little bit, and that helps. But now it's, it's, you know, I've started to meet people at the festival and even that's given me the opportunity, like Dave Lawson, who's who just produced The Endless and is one of my favorite human beings, is producing my feature documentary, which is about the Catoosa County Film Festival, which 
is an insane yet true tale of, of uh, but you know what? It was a tale that meant a lot to me because every festival director I know has been so close to becoming that guy. Right. It's such a heartbreaking and difficult thing to try to raise the money for this, even more so if you're leaning toward genre. And sure. for us, very early on, we got lucky because there were grant support. Chattanooga is really good about supporting what's hot and new they aren't good about sustaining things that need to hang around so sure. it's like once the honeymoon is over once you hit year three or four you've really fucking got to figure it out or maybe you're gonna... Wayne is a good example of Wayne that. Wayne yeah. is, is it was was a time bomb to begin with they they only had a certain amount of time and to me why that isn't a thing that our city felt needed to stay forever it's, is I, a head scratcher yeah, you know yeah. I mean and to be honest it wasn't even something I, as a fan of Wayne's work it wasn't even something I knew about until the festival and then it was like oh my god this is an incredible piece not yeah. only just an, an incredible installation but it is an incredible piece of chattanooga like, he's such a cool ambassador and such a guy that had the weird like history of the place and baked into his head yeah. and that to me is my experience with right. this place like it was a town that had bunches of mom and pop video stores and horror films and it was a great place to grow up sure. and you know i wanted to bring that feeling that i had with a kid back to this festival sure. and that's why it's like I think we're a little more Goonies than Godard, and I think uh. I will always be okay with that. Not that I have any issue with, with Godard. Is that and, on the T-shirt? Oh, it God, not yet. Uh, uh, you know, I, somebody's got to limit me to a few catchphrases per year. Uh, literally, uh, the amount of time that we spend coming up with stupid-ass taglines for our posters, you don't want to know. It's embarrassing. Uh, um, well, I, so I, I before we move into this year and, and good, good things and exciting things, yeah. I want to touch a little bit on... And, you know, feel free to go into as much of this as you want to. Sure. But one of your other passion projects, you know, was the palace. And that has kind of dissolved as far as your involvement goes. I mean. Yeah, me and the whole staff resigned pretty yeah, recently. And, and I, I that did, was huge, like, to witness. I mean, to you know. Yeah, being, it, it definitely, it, it's a heartbreaking and bad thing. The good news is that the team of people that came together in the background and helped it run all came with me to see a sure. So that family remains intact. The bad news is that, and this, you know, I, you know, not to, to get into like legal advice sure, on your sure, podcast, sure. but if you're ever making a deal with anybody, make sure you sign the most detailed contract right. and that you don't leave any holes for yourself. And, and also, you know, make sure that you completely trust and that the person that you're in business with, you're in, with for the right sure. reasons and what essentially happened is the dream of a of an art house something that we've been working on for a decade you know kind of wound up in the hands of of somebody who we don't think understands it or will sure. do a good job and uh i don't know i maybe i'm wrong and maybe chattanooga gets to have an art house too it's a little heartbreaking that i'm not involved with it right. now but i also feel like i've we've put so much work and so much agony into making cff happen that none of us could stay at a place where we were that miserable. Absolutely. So even if we had stayed, it wouldn't, the love that CFF gets to have and literally kind of as cheesy as it sounds run on, like that wasn't there. Like every, well, that's gotta help you bounce back from something It really like that. does, I mean, it does. And to me, that doesn't mean we're gonna, I'm too stupid to quit that. I have got too much Quixote in my fucking <laughs> DNA to not chase another fucking windmill and try to make another art house happen. And I think guys like you uh, and, and you know people like Mark Cavino even 
you start to see that it doesn't matter if you have a movie theater or not. That a movie theater can be a paint right. bucket to a real movie fan. You know, uh, uh, the, you know, they'll they'll sit on anything it's, to watch something great. So it's the programming. That I think matters. it in that regard. I think it's with art in general. It's not measuring yourself by anything but you. And I think that you have done an incredible job of bouncing back from this. And I, it's showing in how you know gung-ho you are full steam ahead for for year five i mean that's you know congratulations yeah. for, for no bouncing thank back. you i mean that's, that's it's, huge. it's been crazy it really yeah, has sure. you know and it's it's also fun to watch all the people that you know have now been poisoned against our <laughs> camp and are saying terrible things about our programming and stuff right. because that was you know what we prided ourselves on but you know the the people that we care about the people we listen to the reason that they're coming is because of the programming yeah, so it's I like mean, we feel like we're bringing in the people that we need to. Well, I will, I will say that, yeah. you know, I think you're right. I think people are coming because of the programming. I think people are returning because of the people. Yeah. Um, that's why I come back. Good. I mean, it is, I, I, it, it's one thing to be able to see some really great movies, but I can do that, you know, in a lot of different places. Right. But to feel like you're part of a family, like it is here. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a really incredible thing. Good. So, I mean, this place is, it's important, you know, CFF has become a kind of a staple of our year and, and that's good to hear. Well, yeah. and not just from us, but to hear it from so many people when you hear, you know, like when you see David Lawson is coming back and when you see, you know, like Graham Skipper's coming back. Boy and, is David Lawson coming back. <laughs> yeah. Dinosaur costume may have been ordered. I can't, I'm not, a, I'm not at liberty to say some of the shit that we have planned. But well, yeah, yeah, so let's talk yeah. a little bit about year five. I mean, yeah. you just announced the first wave. I mean, let, let's talk a little yeah, bit about Yeah, we announced those. opening night, which to me is like, I'm always in search of, just as a movie nerd in my own existence, that ultimate double feature. Right. Something that just feels like a fucking slam dunk and then you chase it with another fucking <laughs> slam dunk. And the two movies we got, I honestly feel like heaven and earth aligned and the most perfect double feature right. in Rocksteady Row and Summer of 84 happened. And the, the just the influences that go into these movies are basically my own bag of tricks right. anyway. But the company, even Gunpowder and Sky, that are putting them out are, to me, just, they describe tragedy girls. They're just an unbelievable fucking company. Yeah. They care. Every movie they're grabbing is just a fucking plus and getting to work with them and do something really wacky and bring those filmmakers in like Trevor Stevens the guy that made Rocksteady Row is just a fucking genius the RKSS guys like Turbo I Kid mean, was a classic it fell like into existence yeah. like it was just born a classic right. so I love them yeah, so much yeah I mean much. from the from yeah. the, the ABC's version of that I mean it was just like holy shit yeah, this like, is different these you know? guys somebody give them a fucking budget right. and, and I'm so glad to have what they did next and, and have them with it and it's that kind of thing uh, uh, I, now at the theater center it's just it's you know us not having to ask a theater chain for permission to sure. be like, can we have a weird BMX stunt show before then? They're like, <laughs> Fuck yeah. You know, so it's, it's just people who aren't dampening the creativity or the, even the dumb PT Barnum wackiness that always was supposed to be a part of this thing. Well, yeah. And I feel like that that's definitely a big part of it is the, the showmanship of it is the, you know, I hope so. I mean, yeah. yeah. And that's it. It feels like a show and I like, that's what's fun about it. We get accused of trying to be like fantastic fest or diet Tim league a lot. And that's really like, 
I mean, I've I have challenged uh, Calvino to a street fight this year. Yeah, so well, we're Calvino getting rid doesn't of the, like the, wet hot American summer. That's he, fucking he, bullshit. <laughs> I hope you hear this, Mark. That's bullshit. I really, I hope he listens. No, I love Mark's taste ever. I love, I love him. But, but every once one, in a while, the, the Amazon recommendation engine is broken on that one, Mark. We gotta, we gotta revisit it. Um, well, what else can you tell us? I mean, is it what else do, does looks like? Uh, uh, I, I am really happy to tell you, Joe Bob's coming back. That's incredible. Uh, he's just part of the family. Yeah. This year, though, he's operating the most inside his wheelhouse we've ever had him he's doing the history of exploitation which is just fucking banana the scope of what he's put together is insane that aspect of cff sort of the goofy scholarly because to me joe bob is what in a nutshell i love about film he's a guy that can take a movie like texas chainsaw and show someone like my mom why it's important in the history of film yeah so it's you're getting this great humor and this great context but it's done in such a fun and scholarly way there's like a pizza party thing happening over here i'm so is sorry it, is they're, it really are they yeah, coming in i don't know if they will or not we'll find out in just a second it's are about they to like, happen are they looking yeah, at we, us we can move, they, they are okay. yeah we can move to the office if okay. this happens so <laughs> I didn't know there was a pizza party. I'm going to pause here. Yeah, we can just move it to the... Okay, and we're back. We we've, we've we uh, we almost broke up a pizza party, and you don't want to break up a pizza party in this life. There's bad karma associated with that shit. Um, we're now in the the CFF office slash living space <laughs> slash Dorch's. Like you have, it smells like my sweat socks. I apologize. You have like I mean you're in it. Like this is you're all encompassed by it. Yeah, you know? yeah. There's no there's no uh, turning away from my shame. That's it's, it's that's around wild. Me all times. Yeah. Um, is that does that get overwhelming for you to be like to be so in it all the time? It does and it doesn't. Uh, it, it's not. It doesn't feel that. There's that stupid old saying that I'm gonna fucking butcher right now, which <laughs> is that you know if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Sure. So I really, I don't for the most part bemoan it even though this is like a tiny ass cube to right, be living right, in like sure. every once in a while it's like oh shit and i mean before this like when we had cinerama which is what the palace was before there was a palace it was a fucking abandoned grocery store wow. literally and i would sleep in a cot Holy above shit. the theater area so it's like this is actually it feels like i've taken if my life was a dungeons and dragons character <laughs> then it's at least like slightly leveled up enough that i can take a shit in a shower comfortably <laughs> right. but you know it's fine it really like i love this part of town and I really a lot of our meetings and a lot of our stuff winds up happening around here anyway so it's very convenient on that aspect of it and I've gotten really good at finding free downtown parking spaces so there's that (laughs) but uh yeah it's you're right there there is no way to turn away from everything but that also you know it's never since it began not been my daily pursuit anyway so I feel like I would you know, I'd probably blow my brains out if I didn't have it. So, <laughs> well, so to to circle back to to this year's uh, programming, I mean, it again, even just with the the opening night, I mean, because last year we had Dave made a maze, and that was yeah. I mean, you had the fucking maze, like boy. Um, that's one of those things that I, I I'm fond of making this joke that one time in a meeting I made a joke that I wanted the snack bar at CFF to be called Snackatomi Plaza. <laughs> And I showed up to work at the festival and it was on a fucking banner, which is like my staff are the best staff in the right. world and they printed a fucking so banner. You have to be careful like, what you say. No, it's going to say. So, like, even the dumbest jokes I've ever made are now like on banners and shit. So, that's one of those things that, you know, it's just, it's funny how stuff evolves or right. it's funny how, you know, we, we, we get stuck on a goofy idea and yeah. we, we roll with it all the way to the, perhaps the graveyard. But I mean, it was, well, to, to, to go through it and be like, oh, this is really neat and then see the movie and be like, 
Holy shit. I, I've got to give Eddie Bridges and the crew of artists that built that maze. Yeah. We sent them a few stills from the movie and a screener of the movie and said, can you guys recreate a section a section right. of the maze. What then ensued was a life-size replica of the whole motherfucker, it, including the Minotaur, yeah. which itself, I just, I can't believe. I, I I will say this, you know a little bit about what we're doing with Flash Gordon, and I can tell you more about that, too, sure. because we've kind of spilled the beans on it. Eddie Bridges and the crew that helped us build that maze are helping us build Flash's bird army for this year. We're not going to let Sam oh Jones walk God. in the theater as Flash Gordon and not feel like he's getting a Flash Gordon escort. And that's, that's one of like uh, the three pronged thing that's going on with it. last year after the whole festival ended and there, it was just kind of like a heartbreaking close. Cargill and I stayed up all night and watched Flash Gordon and drank whiskey. <laughs> and it was one of the best days of my entire life. And I sure. love that guy anyway. But it watching Flash Gordon with another person that appreciated it like I do made me realize we needed to have it involved with the festival this right, year. Right. And in talking to everyone that we talked to, funny enough, Dave Lawson, another regular of our, you know, like part of the family sure. now, knew these filmmakers, Ashley and Lisa, that had just made this incredible documentary, Life After Flash, which celebrated Flash and Sam. So we, we got this idea to not only show the doc and world premiere it, but bring Sam down, then show Flash, do Flash <laughs> the way that we think it should be done. But then, I don't know if you got to come last year to, we did a script reading of Summer, Summer School. Summer School, yeah. Yeah, man. And, yeah. you know, everybody from Joe and Adam and on down the line helped us cast that. We're doing that again this year with Flash Gordon and Flash, Sam Jones, who was famously overdubbed in the original movie. Right. Uh, is getting to be a voice in Flash Gordon for the first time in movie history. So shit like that. Like that just, just that lights my fucking fanboy fire. Right. And, and that is the reason this festival exists. And I can't believe that that gets to go down. Has you know? there been anything in five years that you're like, I, I, I want to do this and it just hasn't happened? Oh, I can... Well, I mean, shit, even things that have happened haven't happened in a manner of speaking. Right. Like, I had the brilliant idea last year. You know what's going to be great? Throw a retirement party for Uwe Boll. <laughs> and he was... No, I won't I won't badmouth a guest who's come with us ever because the guy came and he took time out of his schedule. Right. But he was a bit of a sourpuss the entire yeah, time about yeah. it. And it was sort of, you know... It was a year where we didn't have that much budget either. Not that there ever hasn't been a year where we don't have that much sure. budget. But it just, it was one of those things that I really wanted to execute better than it, than it got done. Um, there's a ton of stuff. Uh, honestly, like for years and years, I've wanted to do this fucking absurd Hal Needham salute. And, you know, Megaforce it and Cannonball Run it right. and Smokey and the Bandit it. And I was like, I've been researching like stunt cars and like trying to get Super Dave. Like I've been trying to get Super Dave for fucking years. Like just like Joe Bob is like here and part of our family. I want Super Dave to like right. shittily fly out of a cannon at the beginning of every CFF. So it's like stuff like that. Uh, another thing that almost happened, we very nearly had an anniversary screening of Starman with Karen Allen and Jeff wow. Bridges. I won't tell you what it costs to get 15 minutes of Jeff Bridges' time, sure. but that's another thing uh, uh, that goes into to CFF. No one who comes gets an appearance fee. We do wow. not pay for guests. Right. We only bring in people who give a shit, right. and the majority of them aren't just in and out. They want to stay the whole day that's and hang around and be a part of the culture of it. I think that's even more impressive because of the caliber of guests that you've gotten. I mean, it's just... Like when I think of just, you know, over the last few years, I mean, it's wild. The, the, the 
kind of people who have showed up. It's really it's, weird. Yeah, wow. it's crazy. I I couldn't believe uh, you know, and Zach Carlson, who's our friend oh, from Bleeding Skull, yeah, Zach, you yeah. know, was like, uh, "You want to bring out Clint Howard and we can show the Wraith?" You know, like, well, "Fuck, get you yes. like, or you stop reading my diary?" <laughs> you know, like, "Holy shit!" So yeah, that's really and that again, that's what the Monster Squad a, thing was too, <laughs> and how that happened was very organic too and very cool. I sat next to Andre Gower at the the Fantastic Feud at Fantastic Fest and couldn't like fucking talk to him because I was such a fan and he was like, Hey, you guys want some queso? And then the next thing, they're just nice. You know, they're just so wonderful. So the next thing I know it's, you know, two years later and he's here. And then now this year, of course, we're, we're, premiering Wolfman Got Nards. So it's these guys become part of the family and then it becomes what it should be an Isle of Misfit toys, you know, like it's really interesting because the, our original plan, I mean, Monster Squad is, if not my favorite movie, it's it's, it's a top. masterpiece. Yeah, I mean, There's no question. To me, that and, and Night of the Creeps both. Like both Fred Decker just, has given us gifts. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, but we had planned to do a much bigger salute with the podcast, and Andre and Ryan were just so gung ho and so incredible, so nice. Yeah. And then to get anybody else involved, like we we got Duncan Regeer, and he acted like. Why does anybody give a shit about this movie? Ah. And it's just like the two, but to you know, to see the 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 guys who get it, you know, and like the the guy who doesn't, which it, it's so sad because he's such a big part of the movie. But yeah, like Andre and Ryan just they they belong here because they understand, and they are in all the other movies too. Yeah, and they are a fantastic fest. I I, right. I run into them in the halls watching the fifth or sixth thing they've seen <laughs> right. that day, like I've been doing. And you 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 see guys like even Bria Grant, who I'm yeah. such a big fan of. You know, running into her at Fantastic Fest, it's just you see how many movies these people are going to see and how they love it too. Yeah. And the it's people not there that, to schmooze, it's there to you're, like. You're right. And the people that have gotten, you know, stuck in our particular flypaper, those people all seem to share that trait. They right. don't give a fuck. They're there to watch the movies. That's you know? awesome. So you're getting ready to announce the next wave. Yeah. First, first big wave. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's. It's coming right up. Yeah. yeah. Within, the, within the, the week, I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, anything you can tell us about that? Uh, I can tell you, and I think you're as familiar with these two movies as I am and, and are a fan, but Low Life and Ghost Stories, which I think are going to knock people's fucking socks off. Yeah, uh, we got to see both this year. Low Life is... is it's special. I mean, yeah, it's something else. It really is, man. Um, I'll tell you another thing. Uh, I'm sure, like myself and a lot of us, you were a big Nintendo dude. Yeah, We yeah. have a documentary this year called The Power of Glove about the rise and fall of the Nintendo Get Power the Glove fuck that I can't... Here. recommend to you enough that I just like fucking these guys just it's not I, they just played me like a fucking instrument with this movie <laughs> I just love it so much I, I am the audience for this movie uh, there, there's incredible. so much good stuff this year uh, I it, it's just even the shorts uh it's a situation where some of the shorts and things are so good that even stuff that I played at Frightening Ass, like sure. Chris McEnroy just made me summon to Demon. The guy who made Death yeah, Metal. Yeah, Did you yeah. see that short? Yeah, yeah. This guy is, I fucking love his films. We're doing that. We get to do, I don't know if you've ever seen Crowhand or, oh, or yeah. William. Yep. Brian Lanano's new short, BFF wow. Girls. I may be world premiering here. It may be, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say, okay. at another festival that's sure. great. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff like that that you're going to see. Jill, who co-made that with Brian, who made The Stylist, will be here. Oh, and 
and she's she great. Yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, some some folks are, are turning that film into a feature, and they're doing a class on turning it into a feature. Wow. Christian and Jeremy Gardner will be back yes. doing something that's kind of top secret at the moment, okay. but it will t- be really fucking entertaining. So it, it's kind of like the whole the whole crew. You'll you'll see Cargill's coming back, yeah, uh, to do a bunch of stuff and help us, of course, with Flash Gordon. That's the man, incredible. like nobody but that man can introduce Flash sure. Gordon. It's got to be him. Like this it, is yeah. so. I mean, before before we we started recording, I said that. You know, my heart was just pounding from like how excited I was. That hasn't really dissipated. I mean, I'm still like, just as you are telling me who's coming and that kind of thing. It's just like because it's a lot of like people we've we've come across before through the festival, and everybody. I can honestly say, knock on wood, that there has not been a bad experience like talking with somebody and just good, just even yeah. like outside of interview, just being like, oh hey, you know, like really loved blah blah blah, and it's just everybody is just so nice and just you know i think it's just the environment that you're kind of uh cultivating and i we do ply them with lots of whiskey as well so that's <laughs> all the southern hospitality in the world comes in there but it helps yeah sure. official sponsors um so i mean what's next i mean what this is well, year five this is a big deal but i mean where what do you see for the future what do you see for yourself i really i love the fact that um you know People are calling it a genre fest, and I don't think we have to hide from the fact that it's, you know, a very genre-friendly fest. And this is the year, I think, when the whole lineup gets revealed that you'll see that we've leaned the most into what I think that we are. And it feels like us getting to, to, you know, do that. For for me, the, the next big step is making sure that we can put an engine in the car that makes the, the, you know, the makes it sustainable. I really want to keep it around forever as long as I can. I also, I know you talked to Dre Boulay on the podcast before Dre's come on to help as a programmer me this year and has been wonderful to work with, but she and I have been wanting to do this action fest called torque fest for a while. So that's happening. And then frightening ass film fest is just like quietly and quickly gotten a lot bigger than I was ready for as well. So really, you know, doubling down on that too, but creating those things really made me realize we could have a lot of these like weekend long festival, these little cinema celebration things. And so we're even looking into doing, you know, just a great moments and what the fuck cinema kind of a thing, (laughs) like all sorts of stuff. It, It just, there's a team in place now that, I don't have anybody telling me why I can't do things. I have a bunch of people trying to help me figure out how I can. Sure. And that's never been the case before. Well, and I think those are yeah. the people that you need in your life. Uh, any any interest in in helming your own film again? I am definitely uh, working on the, the, the first thing. Yeah, the documentary about the Catoosa County sure. Film Festival, which if you don't aren't familiar with that. You introduced me to that. And, yeah, and it's and like The Room shit. was a film festival. Right. It's a really bizarre, very heartbreaking story that the more we dug into it, there was mystery and intrigue and <laughs> European backers and what? sex wax and fucking Jerry Lawler's son. And, you know, uh, you know Jeff Burr was there. Like, So it's just a totally bizarre situation. And we were also in that project talking to a lot of other festival directors, a lot of other programmers, because part of the story to us, we're not trying to make fun of this guy who tried and failed to create a film festival, but to show what a bizarre project it is or what a torturous thing it is to put on yourself to do something on the scale and talk to people about how we've all been close to being that guy. We've all almost run out of money or, you know, had a pissed off, uh, uh, you know, guest who was stuck in an airport or something that's your fault. You know, all, all, all sorts of shit. Well, Chris, man, thank you so much no for your time. No problem at I all, really man. Glad to it. do it. Yeah. Uh, April 5th through the 8th. Yeah. 
And uh, what's available now? Like, what can people go and purchase now? Are there- you can get opening night uh, wristbands. You okay. can get a VIP badge for the whole thing. Those are already selling like crazy. Right. So they yeah, will be quick. gone this year. Yeah. I, I, if, if you want to, there's actually two very special things that this year that we know they're going to be so packed that straight up, if you don't buy a VIP badge, you may not get into them. Sure. And then please don't send me a email with lots of expletives <laughs> in it as happens like but you know uh basically chatfilmfest.org has everything we're also doing an event in march with everything is terrible who are coming back through with their new show the great satan oh, so great. that'll be really fun kind of a lead up to to the festival and, and we'll probably be back down for that yeah please for come sure. out yeah. yeah awesome well chris thank you so much uh for bigger show this has been mike d we'll catch you all next time and please come out for the chattanooga film festival and we will see you goodbye we're gonna need a big show, we're gonna 